You're listening to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Today, we're going to be talking about YouTube and the recent changes to its advertising guidelines and what impact that can have on you if you are considering becoming a YouTuber. Uh, In addition, I want to talk about the current YouTubers that are out there who are very unhappy, not all of them, but ones in particular niche areas which have been affected by these advertising guidelines and how they really should be handling these changes. So before I get going and talk about the guidelines, I want to talk for a second about YouTube. Now, I've worked with a number of YouTubers, um, both startup and more experienced and more successful. Um, There's, I think, a misconception behind YouTube that a lot of people just don't understand. I mean, they, they feel as though YouTube is easy. It's not a job. You look at some of these very successful people and you say to yourself, how are they making millions of dollars a year? And they're making videos. That's that's what they're doing. And I want to talk about just how much money some of these people are making. I pulled the top 10 list, and I believe that this is from the beginning of this year. No, this is for, yeah, this came out in January, but this is really looking back at the 2018 earnings of the top 10 YouTubers. And wait wait till you you hear these numbers. So the number one is Ryan Ryan Toys Review. Ryan is a seven-year-old kid who plays with Legos, trains, cars, and has 17 million followers. Um, According to this... He's going to have a line of collectibles that are going to be selling at Walmart. This kid and his family, $22 million in 2018. $22 million making YouTube videos. Followed closely by Jake Paul, who uh, earned $21.5 million. And then Dude Perfect, $20 million. Uh, Dan TDM, $18.5 million. Jeffree Star, $18 million. Markiplier, 17.5, and I'll spare you the agony of listening to how much money these people have made. We'll end it there. So the point that I'm making here is that there's a significant amount of money that can be made on YouTube, and a lot of people think to themselves, how are they doing it? It's not right. Where does all this come from? So I want to first look at how you make money on YouTube. And then we're going to talk about these regulations, the changes, the impact, and what you should be doing about it, whether you are a current YouTube celebrity or you're just starting your channel. So first of all, there are a few ways that you make money on YouTube. And the most common, let's call it, the one that most people are aware of, is through the advertising platform provided by YouTube. So when you get to a certain level, when you have a certain number of followers and you meet 
additional criteria that YouTube sets out, you are allowed to monetize your channel, monetize your videos. In other words, advertise on your videos or allow YouTube and its advertising partners to do so, and you get a percentage for that advertising. So if you have a video that's wildly popular and a million people watch that video and it's monetized, you stand to make money every time somebody watches that video. And that's how a lot of these YouTubers initially made their money because they were posting content every day. Um, I happen to be a fan of Adam the Woo. And if you recall, he started off posting videos where he was accessing areas of theme parks where he shouldn't be and then ultimately got in trouble and then he was was, uh, resolved. But what I find impressive about him is that for five years, this guy did a daily video. And you think to yourself, what kind of work is this? How hard is it? It's hard. It is not easy to produce that kind of content, to go out, film your day, come home, edit it, post it, upload it, then do it all over again and plan out something for the next day that doesn't cause people to lose interest. It's not easy. So, you know, thinking about what he did with a with a video, a daily vlog every single day, that is, that's a lot, five years of doing that, never missing a day, whether it was a holiday, whether he was sick, that's pretty impressive. And so the idea behind it is the more videos you have, the more people watch the videos, the content is evergreen to an extent, meaning that if I produce a video today on a topic that's not specific to a particular event or um, uh, or, or timed based upon something like, hey, look, I'm doing a video about the parade that's happening tomorrow. If it's not that, if it's a video that you might be able to get information, gain some knowledge, or just be entertaining today, tomorrow, or 10 years from now, that video is evergreen. And you can make money off of that video for years to come. So imagine somebody like Adam, where he's got five years worth of content every day, he can make some money off of that, right? That's that's the primary way that YouTubers were making money. They were making money by allowing Google to monetize their videos and to give them a portion, small portion, of the advertising revenue. So YouTube was benefiting, but so was or is the YouTuber. Then there are other ways that YouTubers make money. And we're not going to go into the specifics here. This isn't a tutorial. This is a podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about this, you know, we can do different content. Just, just you know, send me a message um, or leave a comment either on the podcast or uh, directly to my, my email. It's pl at pjlesq.com. Let me know that you will be interested in, in a more uh, comprehensive program concerning YouTube, and I'll discuss that separately. Um, but getting back to this, another way that YouTubers make money is through sponsorships. A lot of times, 
when a YouTuber has reached a certain level of, of success, they have a channel that uh, reaches a million viewers or 500,000 subscribers or, or what have you, you might be contacted by another company saying, hey, you know, we'll pay you, we'll sponsor this video, we'll sponsor this trip, we'll give you A, B, C, or D if you promote our product. And that happens a lot with travel YouTubers. Um, YouTubers that are constantly promoting places like Disney World or Disneyland or Universal Studios, once they build up a sufficient subscriber base, then these larger companies like Walt Disney say to themselves, you know, if we give this particular YouTuber a free vacation, a free cruise, uh, stay free at our hotel, and that YouTuber does a video about it, and all or many of their subscribers see it, million subscribers, that company that's advertising, that's paying for that hotel, is getting a tremendous amount of visibility and reach with an expenditure of very little money. So they comp somebody a hotel or a cruise, you know, it costs them next to nothing. But the benefit they get is potentially tens of thousands of of free advertising dollars. So that's why they do it. And the YouTuber benefits, because sometimes it's a paid sponsorship, sometimes it's, um, you know, merchandise or um, comped tickets, things like that. So that's another way that you can make money. And then we'll keep it, we'll keep it simple. We're going to just do one more way that you can make money on YouTube. And that is once you've built up your popularity, then you have an easier time selling merchandise, T-shirts, um, programs, guides, things that you put together, um, maybe, maybe a whole video series uh, that you're going to do that people buy. And, and you know what? I'll throw in one more. The fourth way people make money through YouTube is Patreon. Patreon is one of those platforms where people um, essentially give you money because uh, you are producing content and um, you can make money that way. If you have a lot of content, you can have a Patreon uh, account where people become patrons. They give you money. You give them access to exclusive content, so on and so forth, and you can make money that way too. Uh, but Patreon is not affiliated with YouTube, and Patreon can be used by anybody for pretty much any reason. It doesn't mean that you're going to get people to pay you, but it's it's available. So just to recap, you can make money on YouTube. You can make a lot of money on YouTube. It's not easy. It is a full-time job for these people that are making millions of dollars a year. Don't think they're just making videos and it's easy and they're just sitting back and collecting money. There are four primary ways. We'll, we'll call it four primary ways that they make money on YouTube, and that is through the uh, YouTube advertising, right? monetizing the videos, through sponsorships, through merchandise that they sell and programs and other items, and perhaps through Patreon, right? So that's a recap. Now, in order to get monetized on YouTube, you have to adhere to their guidelines. And their guidelines are constantly changing. Now, if you go back to the early days of YouTube, it was like almost everything on the internet, more of a wild west. Remember Napster 
and those file sharing programs where you could download music and, and you know, it costs you next to nothing, if anything at all. And then all of a sudden, record industry executives got wise to this and realized, hey, we're, we're losing money. Our artists are losing money. This isn't right. This really amounts to uh, copyright infringement and or theft, and we're going to do something about it. And that, you know, becomes shutting down companies like Napster, suing people for um, infringing use and, and copyright violations, etc. That's kind of, you know, how the internet develops. You, you put it all out there, something brand new that nobody's seen before. You test the waters, you see where it goes, and then all of a sudden you start seeing where it's, it's a problem and you try to remedy that. Same with YouTube. When it first came out, it was very, I don't know, informal platform where you could generally post anything. You were making video content about anything. And as it developed as a platform and YouTube as a company grew and realized that there's the potential here for a significant amount of revenue, things became, you know, things started to change, right? And YouTube would change the guidelines to what constitutes, you know, uh, proper or conduct and content, uh, what should be monetized and whatnot. So I think it's just par for the course. Things change, rules change, guidelines change. I think that in any industry, you have to be prepared for that. So when something changes, even on YouTube, you shouldn't be surprised and you shouldn't be angry because that's only going to stall your forward momentum. But let's talk about what happened. So in June of 2019, they YouTube updated its advertiser-friendly content guidelines, and they have a very comprehensive um, overview that they provide uh, of things that are able to run ads. And uh, I'll just read the, the initial paragraph here. It says, this article now includes more examples of content that will receive limited or no ads. There are no policy changes which means you should not expect any difference in how your videos are assessed for advertiser friendliness. Now, this is interesting because a lot of the policies here are the same. The difference that YouTubers are experiencing is that by clarifying what is acceptable and not acceptable for advertising purposes, YouTube has become a little more aggressive in removing monetization from those videos that don't adhere to these guidelines. And one of them, and this is how um, you know I, I decided to, to do this topic, one of them is, is tobacco. And YouTube has a significant amount of uh, YouTubers that do uh, pipe tobacco reviews, they do cigar reviews. And one of these cigar reviewers posted a video about how YouTube has essentially destroyed his channel and his revenue by now implementing these or acting on these guidelines and demonetizing the videos on his channel. 
And he's talking about how that's going to affect his revenue stream and, and what he should do next. Um, now, that's not just limited to him. You know, these advertiser-friendly content guidelines address a whole host of things, including inappropriate language. Now, before you start saying, well, what do you mean? If I curse on YouTube, they're going to automatically demonetize? No. There are specifics within these categories that I'm going to list that you have to look at. So, for example, under inappropriate language, uh, it, it will affect you if there's profanity in your title or the thumbnail image or strong profanity used repeatedly in a hateful or derogatory way. So these guidelines don't shut you down completely depending upon what topic we're looking at here, but you've got to read into it to see exactly what you can and cannot do. There are rules. Uh, violence is another one. And again, there's specifics concerning violence. Um, adult content, harmful or dangerous acts. And this one's interesting because it talks about things like pranks related to suicide, death, terrorism, uh, like fake bomb scare pranks or threats with firearms. Then there's hateful content, which is prohibited. There's uh, incendiary and demeaning content, recreational drug use, tobacco-related content, alcohol, firearm-related content, and uh, adult themes in family content and controversial issues and sensitive events. Now, when I was looking at that, my initial reaction was, what do you mean controversial issues? But when you read the more specific definition, they talk about death and tragedies, political conflicts, terrorism, or extremism and sexual abuse. Now, these guidelines are out there for a reason. They're out there primarily to benefit YouTube. As cable television begins to find itself obsolete, in a sense, as these streaming services become more and more prevalent, Disney streaming service, which is coming out later this year, you've got Netflix and Hulu. The landscape, the entertainment landscape is changing. It's changing rapidly. And you see YouTube finding a place for itself outside of just user-generated content that anyone could put up. YouTube is trying to make sure that the content that is available on its platform is quality. That doesn't mean that they're not going to permit you to post cigar reviews on YouTube. They are. You're just not going to make money from the advertising. So I understand where people who are affected by this implementation of these guidelines are upset, especially if for a period of time, this has been the bulk of your income. You know, you've been making your money on YouTube and now YouTube says, we're going to start cracking down and making sure that our content guidelines, our advertising guidelines are adhered to. So I understand the frustration and the shock and, and, you know, what have you. But if you look at this from a business perspective, you have to understand that, that YouTube never said to anybody, hey, we're a platform that 
is all about you doing whatever the heck you want, saying whatever the heck you want, because somewhere along the line, content is going to offend someone. And sometimes it crosses that line. And we've seen that with a lot of these celebrity YouTubers who have said things that are either uh, racially motivated or anti-Semitic or just offensive. And YouTube as a company doesn't want to be associated with promoting by not enforcing some sort of restriction inappropriate content content or conduct for that matter. So I get it. I get why YouTube is doing this. They want to compete in this space. There's already a, a, a YouTube television platform and it's going to be expanding as the television landscape continues to change and to morph. And they want to be, I think, in the right spot when these developments occur. So I get why, why they're doing it. Now, for all the YouTubers that are losing money because their channel is about alcohol or tobacco or guns, you know, you have two options. You sit and whine and cry and moan about it, or you find an alternative way to make money. Now, is it going to be as lucrative while you're trying to figure out where you get the money from? No, right? Because making money by producing the videos and having the ad revenue roll in from YouTube itself, you know, your your job is the production of the content. Maybe you didn't go out and market yourself um, to companies who might want to sponsor you. Uh, maybe you didn't put out enough merchandise because you didn't need to, but now you do. And so you sit there and you do nothing and you complain or you start taking action. You start contacting um, companies that might be interested in sponsoring you or running some sort of promotion with you. And that's why, you know, it's always a good idea, in my opinion, to have a website in conjunction with your YouTube channel. I've mentored a lot of clients who have come in and they said, you know, I want to be a YouTube celebrity and I've got this uh, fledgling YouTube channel. It's pretty successful. I don't need a website. I, no, websites are for old people. You know, and then I feel bad about how old I am. <laughs> but um, and I'm not that old. Um, but that's what they say to me. And I, we're talking about kids that are in their, you know, late teens, early 20s. And, you know, I'm in my 40s. And, and they're like, hey, man, you're out of touch. But I'm not. The, the benefit to having a website is that you have control over what you put on that site. YouTube could shut you down tomorrow because of something that you did. And then if all your eggs are in one basket, you know, you're going to have to sell a farm. So that's why I encourage people to make sure that they have a website that they can go to. So, you know, for those YouTubers affected, go out there and start looking at ways that you can increase your revenue by building up your brand outside of YouTube. YouTube is a great platform to build an audience, but now you've got to do something else with it. Are you doing a podcast? Are you selling merchandise? Are you looking actively for sponsors? Are there things that you could be doing that can increase your revenue? And the answer to that is always yes. And as a matter of fact, I 
would would not be surprised if this you know change in YouTube's attitude towards things like alcohol, tobacco content doesn't spark some entre- entrepreneurial individuals to make more money than they were making with YouTube ads alone. So yeah, it's upsetting. I, I get it. And you might say, well, you're not affected by this. So how, how do you know? You know, you don't have a, a, a wine review channel. No, you're right. I don't. But I have worked with enough businesses, including YouTubers, to understand the impact that something like this can have. I get it. But my point is, don't sit there and do nothing. Take action. Otherwise, you are going to be putting a resume together looking for a job. And I would imagine that if you've spent the last few years as a YouTuber, it would be extremely difficult to all of a sudden go out and work for the man. So now that being said, right, what can you do if you're brand new? Well, the number one thing you can do is is know the rules. You need to know the rules no matter what you're doing, whether you're starting your own business. You need to know what the rules are in your state for starting that business. If you are going to start a YouTube channel, you need to know what those rules are. What rules do I have to follow? What are the guidelines? What can I put on my channel? What can I not put on my channel? Those things are extremely important. What good is it if you go out and set up this amazing channel with amazing content and then all of a sudden you realize, oh shoot, I'm not allowed to do this? No good. It's a waste of time. So one of the most important things you can do, and again, this is not just for YouTube, but it translates across you know, entrepreneurial businesses. Know the rules and guidelines that you must adhere to in order to be able to build your brand and to build success in the space that you're in. Don't just go out there uninformed. Don't just say, I'm going to go do it because I'm motivated and I've got, you know, a lot of energy, caffeine and, and, and motivation from, from, you know, the motivational speaker I saw last night. You've got to be smart about this. So make sure you are aware of them. And most often, you're going to be able to find things like the YouTube content guidelines right on their their page, right on their website. Search it, find it, read it. That's, That's the hard part, reading it. And if you have questions, that's when you go out and you talk to somebody. You talk to a mentor, you talk to somebody else who is already in the space that you're in. You talk to a lawyer, you talk to a family member, you talk to whoever, just... The idea is don't go it alone if you don't understand it. Make sure that you can clarify. Call Google, call YouTube, and say, hey, YouTube, explain your guidelines to me. There are plenty of ways for you to gain clarification if there's a confusing issue. But you're not even going to get confused if you don't start reading the guidelines. So it's, it's important that you do that. All right, I talked a lot about a whole bunch of different things, and many of the things that I talked about can become separate topics. And so like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you want to see one of these segments expanded upon and um, you know, talk about maybe how to build your channel or how to do this or that or the legalities of some of it, then just let me know. Send me a message, and we'll have that content um, 
in, in the works and we'll put it up. Beyond that, the summary here is YouTube has regulations and rules. You have to follow those regulations and rules in order to be successful. Despite these regulations and rules, you can still be successful if you understand what you can and can't do on YouTube. If you are presently being affected by the implementation of these guidelines, the the demonetization of certain channels, don't sit back and just complain. Go out and find alternate ways to make money. Look at Patreon. Look at sponsorships. Look at merchandise. Look at ways that you can expand your brand and build your revenue. And remember never to put your eggs all in one basket. So that's important. If you're a brand new YouTuber, like I said, know the rules and you're going to start off successful. Don't know the rules. Just jump into it with with blinders on. And one day you're going to say to yourself, man, they just demonetized all my videos. What do I do? All right, that's going to do it for today. I know, like I said, there's been a lot of topics discussed and I'd like to break this down. So if you're interested in this, let me know and I'll put together separate episodes um, specifically addressing some of the areas of this content. All right, have a great day and uh, make sure that you let your friends and family know about this channel so that they can get some information as well. Don't just keep it all to yourself. All right, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. If you'd like more information about the show, or if you'd like to take advantage of our business and legal self-help resources, including our extensive video library, then visit us online at utlradio.com. You can also find us over on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Now, if you have any questions about any of the topics that you've heard discussed on today's show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for future shows, please feel free to reach out to me directly at pl at pjlesq.com, or you can call us at 201-904-2211. Please also make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also, share the information that you receive through this podcast with your family, your friends, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station.